Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, I got to tell you that as I travel around the country right now and preach, it has become very clear to me that I'm supposed to preach very simple messages. I look at a world around me right now that is very confused. I watch things on television and I'm just baffled by the misunderstanding, the way people read each other wrong, the way people almost seem to look for something to fight about. And I I was speaking to a group of teens the other day, some basketball player teens, and I was going to do a little challenge for them before they were doing some workouts and stuff. And I said to them, if I was 17, if I was 16, I would look at our world right now and I would say, who are, who, where are the adults? And I said to them, I would be asking myself, what is truth? I mean, I mean who, who's telling me the truth and who's lying to me? Who's posting stuff that's, they call it a fact, but is that a fact? It's just really confusing. And the more I sit in my office and think about that, the more I feel called as a pastor. I'm honored today to be here to preach at Res. I love coming to preach here, and I'm so thankful to the staff for allowing me and welcoming me to come and preach. But I feel so responsible today to give you the truth. Because I want you to know we live in a world where um, truth is void. But today I'm going to present a message to you that I just ask you to open your heart to. I, I hope you don't even hear me. I, I haven't even said my name. They might have said it, but I don't care that you remember my name. What I want you to hear is I want you to hear the name of Jesus today because this is the name that I'm going to do my best for the days the Lord gives me on this earth to, to bring to you and to share around this globe. And here's why. It's the one place and it's the one name. Jesus is the one place you can find hope. And I, f I find myself just sometimes going, why does the world fight it so hard? Like, like if I could go on television this afternoon and get in front of everybody in the world and say, listen, I've, I finally found hope and I want to tell you about it. And then I say, Jesus, they would go, they would scoff at it. They would go, what's wrong with him? Is he just, is he blind? Is he dumb? Is he, I mean, they, that's what they would say. They would mock me. And I want to go, why is it you don't see what I see? Like I watch you babble around and I watch you trip over yourselves and I, I watch you fight with everybody else. Why don't you see that hope is not in these things you're chasing? And I, I just get almost frustrated at the way the world can't see it. And then, and then, and then I read scripture and it begins to make sense. Second Corinthians chapter four, verse four is coming up on the screen. I want to explain this verse. Please leave it up there, Tom, for a minute or two. I want you to see that second word. It's a little G. So when I read it, if you're not one who reads the word of God a lot, you're just a guest here today and you're just checking things out. Don't think that that's referring to the God that made the universe, okay? It's a little G. You need to know the Jewish rabbis, when they would have read this out loud, they would have inserted, instead of the God, they would have said in this phrase, Satan. When you see a little G, it refers to the God of this world. So then, as you read the scripture from 2 Corinthians, the reason people in our day seem so confused makes a lot more sense. Satan of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So look at, look at this. 
I actually, I had it here in my Bible. I think I'm going to see if I have it. I don't, I don't right now. But I'll just use this. So the world, when I say the name of Jesus, it's like this. I can't see it. I don't know what you're talking about. I know, but, it, but it's Jesus. He came. He is your hope. He is your Savior. I don't get it. I don't understand. I, I can't see anything. I'm, I'm blind to it. Right. And today, if you're sitting here and so far as we sing, our God is an awesome God, and you go, I don't connect with that. Consider that maybe Satan is blind in your eyes. You're a teenager and you're sitting here and all that stuff your, your parents talk to you about, that, that stuff you're going into, it's not your hope, it's not going to help you. And you go, I just don't get it. It looks so fun and it feels so good. And your parents are going, for a season, it's not going to last. Pull the veil down and just, just listen. And this morning, I'm going to ask I'm going to ask you to consider rearranging some things in your life as I preach this message. Because I'm going to show you, based on that verse, the minds of the unbelievers have been blinded so they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is God. So the reason the world can't see it is because they're blinded to it. This great message of Jesus makes no sense to them. And I'm going to show you why. I'm going to show you why the God, Satan, of this world confuses us. To do that, I brought with me a bucket. The world says to us today, oh, we've got hope. We have so much hope. It's right here in our bucket. Just stick your hand in here. You'll find, oh, if you get what's in here, you have found real hope. And today I'm going to show you how that's not true. Now, you need to know that what I'm going to pull out of this bucket, I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm not saying you can't do it. I'm not saying it's not part of your life. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it when it becomes, watch this, your little G, your little God, then you need to be careful. I'm just going to bring things out of this bucket that I believe the world puts their hope in. There's all kinds of things. I'm going to start with this one. The first one is this. The world puts all their hope in education. If you get the right degree, you can double your salary. If you get the right degree, you'll be interviewed on every TV show. If you get this, there's a group in the nation that has me come and speak. And every time they always ask me, what's your degree? And I will say to them, well, I have a master's degree. And they'll say, oh, that's quite enough. Not quite enough. We, we wish you had a doctorate. And that's okay. That's fine. I honestly don't get my doctorate on purpose because I want people to know you don't have to have a doctorate to do and make a difference for Jesus Christ. Don't get me wrong here. Those of you who are doctors and nurses, my goodness, the abilities you have, my gracious, the things you can create. Wow. It's amazing. I applaud you. I, I, as I drove over here today, I actually thought about this. I'm, I'm not the smartest tool in the shed. I don't even know how to say it. See what I mean? I'm not. As a straight C student in high school, some of you were straight A plus, And I want to say, I'm so thankful for you. But be careful. That doesn't become your little G. Because it can actually jump. This world, this world puts a little too much faith and trust in degrees. Because you will not on your final day. And I'm going to talk about it at the end of this message. On your final day, you will not stand before God and him go, 
Show me your degrees. Where'd you go to school? How much money did you spend on education? Well, the Bible says in James 1.5, if anyone lacks wisdom, all can find wisdom. Not all people can be smart. I'll never be smart, but I can be wise. And I just want to say to you today, I am not belittling education at all. Get all you can. I have a master's degree. I work hard for that. Here's what I want to say. Get it all, but don't make it your God. Don't say to your children, above all else, get education. No, above all else, find your hope in Jesus. Done. Above all else. You're listening right now. And you're thinking about higher education. Go for it. I applaud you. I think it's awesome. Just don't let it get out of whack. But when you get other people and all they want to talk about is the next degree, make sure in the middle of the next degree, you just toss in the name Jesus. Keep that as your priority. Because your hope will not come in a degree. At the end of your life, this little rope, I borrowed this one, by the way. At the end of your life, this little rope, they might lay it by your casket. They'll probably take it home. They might hang it up and go, oh, I remember somebody who had one of those. It passes. The next thing, our world's, oh, all oh, the world, all oh, the world's always telling, come on, man, you didn't like that one. There's more stuff. This is hope. And we chase it. We chase this bucket so hard. Some of you are walking around that, and that's why I said you may need to rearrange some things in your life by the end of this message. Some of you walk around with two bucketfuls. You say, I'm doing the farmer's carry. This is good for me. And I want to tell you at the end of your life, I don't care how much farmer carries you do, it'll pass. In fact, that's the second one in here. We put, we put so much hope in our, our, our looks. This morning, some of you came to the second service because it gives you more time. Gave you a little more time to get ready. You woke up and said, I ain't making no 930. It's just us. <laughs> this is where so many of us find our hope, our looks. Uh, Jane and I were in Florida a few weeks ago, like many of you, with a little vacation there with spring break and stuff, and uh, we had come back from the beach. I had actually walked back from the beach. I think Jane was going into the room, and, and I went over by the little pool area. There's a little beach, and then there's a little pool, and I was walking over, and I was just washing my feet. I just walked up from the beach and getting the sand off my feet, and there in the pool is this lady. She was probably 30-ish, and she was. She, the world would look at her and go, uh-huh. Uh-huh. And she knew how to work it, if you know what I'm saying. And she was sitting on the edge of the pool, and she had, I would guess, eight or nine young men, they were in their 20s, all standing in a semicircle around her as she sat on the edge of the pool. And she was working it. She would every now and then bend over, oops, drop something in the water. You know, that, that whole thing. She was working it. And I was watching, and I was watching what she said, and she would say things, and those, those guys would react, you know, oh, <laughs> Every, if, if she said, look, look at that, <laughs> it was awesome, because she looked like the world says you need to look to get a man's attention. 
In fact, she said something at one point, and one of the guys just burst out laughing. And I started I wasn't that far from him, maybe here to the front, you know, the front seat. And I started laughing. Out. I was just watching them, and I'm laughing out loud. They all turned and looked at me. I said, oh, sorry. I was eavesdropping my bad. You know, I'm just, just a preacher. And so, you know, I'm uh, working on a sermon illustration here. And I want to, like, like later, I saw her headed to dinner, and she was, oh, man. She, she looked nice. The world would go, made it. Ho, ho, girl, put your hand on that bucket. You are there. And I wanted to go up to that 30-year-old lady and say to her, hey, let me tell you what 30 becomes. 80. 80. All that stuff, falling. And I wanted to say something. I'll say this really nice. <laughs> when you're 80 and you're standing there naked, you look 80. I'm sorry. You, you can do whatever you want. But boy, and I'm 60, I know. I'm heading there. And I'm trying to tell you that the world, I mean, let's, let's just all face the facts. We step back a second. How many ads do you see? When you walk in the mall, how many of the, have, have you ever seen all the ads just going, hey, all this passes, don't buy this stuff. Shoot, no. Just the opposite. Just even the little booze in the middle at the mall. You're walking, sir, come over, ma'am, come over, come over. Oh, you want some eye? You need some eye cream. Work it. Because the world says, your hope isn't looking good a long time. As long as you can, that's your hope. And so many spend so much time worshiping the little G of looks. And in the end, you'll feel hopeless. I got more things in here. I got this. This is the... Accomplishments, boy. Dad. What'd you win? Well, I, I was number I was first place. What'd you get? Trophy. What'd you do with? It? I took it home. Sent it. When people come over, voila. <laughs> what are you the best at? Uh, all these things. Is that second place? No, it was first, first place. First place. What year was that? I don't want to talk about that. When you win that trophy, Dan? About thirty years ago. We don't talk about it. it was 30 years ago. Yeah. The accomplishments of this world fade. I had a young man came to my office last week, and he was talking about this very thing. He said, I, in high school, I won so many awards. He said, I won award after award after award. And he said, I was just sitting the other day. He's 35-ish now. And he said, I was just sitting the other day. I wonder... I wonder if all those are still in mom and dad's basement. They pass. Even the, right now, I'm following the NBA, and many of you followed football this year. Brady won it. What, what is that? As soon as Brady wins the Super Bowl, put the mic in his face. Are you coming back next year? Really? Can I enjoy this year right now? Nope. Because we want to know about the repeat, and then the three-peat, and then the four-peat. Because to be a champion in this world, you can't just have it once. you got to get it every year. And then, and then what happens when you can't do this? When you can't do these things anymore, you go, well, I'm, I'm no good. 
I guess I'm second rate now. I guess, I guess I'll no longer have these championships. It, it's the world's bucket that says, chase championships, because that's where you'll find your hope. And then after you get it, you go, that was it? Shoot. And then we, some of us chase uh, relationships. This is a unity candle. For those of you who are millennials, so what we did back in the old days, we would light these at a wedding. So one would, you know, husband, wife would stand on either side and you light it and your light's called a unity candle. You guys don't use those. You have, you rub rocks and pour sand together. Water, different colored waters. Saw a couple pour their two favorite beers together and drank it. There's unity for you. That really happened. This is a unity candle. It represents finding the one. So many people right now in this world going, if I could just find that one, that would fulfill me. That would give me satisfaction. Oh, finally, I would be somebody. <laughs> and then you do get married. And then, and then you think things like this. Well, that wasn't the one. <laughs> that wasn't what I was thinking. <sighs> it's what happens. It's our world. It's what we do. Because this relationships, I saw all of you who are in your 20s here standing worse but loving it. But I just say to y'all, don't think that this will give you the ultimate fulfillment. Oh, it's nice. It's good. It can be wonderful. But it's not your hope. Relationships are just that. Relationships. Your hope can't be found here or you will come up a bit short, a bit empty. And then carrying that on, so many, so many want to find their fulfillment in their, their picture-perfect family. How's your family? We're perfect. And things going well? Unreal. How are your kids doing? Got so many stickers in my back window, honor roll. What, I, can't even, I can't even see out my back window. I got so many stickers. Family's doing awesome. And then something happens. And you sit in your house and you look at your family picture and you go, oh man, that wasn't what I was thinking was going to happen. Because if you put your hope in that, that perfect family, your hope will be dashed. Jane and I have been married how many years? Oh, 39, 39 years. I, I said to her not long ago, yeah. I said to her not long ago, we were standing talking about it, and I said to her, on our wedding day, 39 years ago, if you had told us we would go through some of the things we've been through, I said, I think both of you, would, we would look at each other on our wedding day and go, let's just think this through a little bit longer. Because stuff comes. And I've seen quite often people who end up going through that stuff, they crash. They give up. 
they think they're worthless because Satan beats the crap out of them and tells them, see, see, you thought you were a good father. Look, kids won't even speak to you. See, look, thought you were a good mom. Where's your girls now? Where's your son now? Loves to beat you up. Loves to make you feel worthless. The very thing that you found such joy in makes you feel hopeless. But, but that's because we put our hope in the wrong thing. Don't put your hope in picture perfect. I, I got a couple more little things. The world, oh boy, I tell you what, the world. In fact, this happened recently. They all sat around the table and said, what are we going to do with this pandemic? We got we to do something to give these people hope. I know. Let's give them a stimulus. Let's send them some money, first person. What do you think? Maybe 400? Ah, it doesn't sound like enough. What do you think? Maybe, let's do 600. Ah, let's do 800. Ah, let's take 600. That's in the middle. Send everybody $600. That'll make them happy. And I agree, it did, till I spent it. And then I, I need a little more. Can y'all send another stimulus? And the world's answer is stimulus, but see... It doesn't last. feels good for the moment, but then it's gone. And there you are with your hands out again going, why do I still feel? In fact, I feel more hopeless than I did before I got it. Because you're putting your hope in the wrong thing. You're putting your hope in what the world says. Grab that handle. Walk around with that bucket. There's your hope. Boy, this next one's a big one in our society, Power, the gavel, the judge. I don't know if y'all have noticed there's two groups in our society that seem to really like power. And they'll do anything they can do to get it. And then, and then when they get it, it's like, and then that's the final word. You ever, you ever watch Judge Judy? She's the perfect example. I told you, shut your mouth. Boom. We do this in our families, too. We, you listen to me, and that's the way it's going to be. Because we love power. Power makes us feel in charge. See, we feel like we're in control. Let, let me tell you, as I was driving over here this morning, I had a lot of thoughts. One of them was, you don't have as much control as you think you do. You, in fact, if God didn't allow you, you wouldn't even get out of here alive. You wouldn't even get a next. He could literally, your, your, your breath you're taking right now could be your last one if God went, ah, uh, that's it. Because he ultimately holds the gavel. And then people say this. They say, how do I just, I don't see God. The other day, I, I had the ability, spent the day and relaxed a bit, and I got to see literally the sunrise and I see the sunset. Ever since God created this earth and put the heavens and earth together and gave it an incredible order, just think about, think about the chaos in our world and the order God put the universe in, that sun has come up and gone down, gone around the earth every day. It, it just does not stop. And I think sometimes God must look and go, are you people looking? Did you see it go around the earth again today? We're going to leave and go outside and see it about halfway around. What a blessing. God did that. People say, I don't ever see God. Look, look. 
He's all around us in his creation. And here we sit. This. If I get this one, I get a couple of these. Oh, oh, got to have that one. And then this one. Yep. Oh, man. I'm good. I'm good. I'm, 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 I'll be fine. I have my hope. No. At the end of the day, at the end of your life, when it all gets poured out, because that's, that's what happens. You, you've never gone to a funeral and say somebody to go, I'm, I'm put. I'm going to take it all with me. Stick it in the casket. That doesn't mean going anywhere. Going to go out there and bury it in the ground and somebody might be tempted to dig it up. But it all gets poured out. And at the end of the day, you're holding an empty bucket. Right there's the world's gift to you. An empty bucket. No hope. And so many, as I watch our world right now, sitting on their empty bucket, thinking, what have I done? I've sat with many elderly gentlemen, guys in their 70s and 80s and 90s, some of the wealthiest, I have sat with some of the wealthiest people in the world. I've had the honor of sitting in, they've called and said, can I talk to Dan? And I say to him sometimes, why, why do you, why'd you invite me to come over? Why'd you invite me? You just... You just talk about real stuff. That's true. And they sit on their bucket at 90 and go, what did I chase? I bought into this world's crap. Some of you sitting here today in your 20s and 30s, and you go, ah, he's just talking like an old man. <laughs> yep. But let me say to you, let me say to you, I chased more years than I wish I had them. And I want you to know today, I'm about to show you where your hope really came from. You don't, at the end of your life, if you sit on this bucket and all you have to pour out is the stuff of this world, just listen to me, you will feel lost and alone. But God gave us hope, I'm going to show you. You say, Dan, I, I know about this. I, I, I know you do. But just like I've done on stage this morning, you've kept it over in the shadows, see? It's over there. It's been sitting over there all the time. But when the forefront of your life is chasing this stuff, it gets in the shadows. And this morning, I'm inviting you to walk back into the own shadows of your own life and get it. And bring it out where it belongs in your life. And let me show you what this can do for you. See, if I could do this, the world today would laugh. And I want to, I want to ask you for about three minutes. Listen to me. Why, why did God do this. Why did God, the God who does the sun every, why did he do this? Let me tell you why. Because he knew at the end of our lives, if we sit on this world's bucket, we would feel empty and hopeless. And he thought to himself, in his infinite genius, in his infinite genius and eternity past, he came up with this idea that I'll save them. I'll help them kick the bucket with grace. 
And so God came up with this idea of sending himself through his son, Jesus. Literally, I'll go down there and I'll die the way that they would think would be the worst possible way to have death happen in this earth, the loss of a child. Some of you in this room relate to what God did here better than most of us. Nothing can be more painful than coming to this earth and then losing a child. And God said, I want to show them through him that I love them so much and I'm here to forgive their sins. You can't forgive your own sins. Look, look, Dan Seaborn, I'm a dirty rag. I got no hope. At the end of my life, when it's all said and done, I got no hope. The only hope I'm going to have is that I believe in this man who came down. God sent to save my sins. This is my hope. And why did God do this? Let me tell you why. His wrath had to be satisfied. We are sinful people. We went again. In the beginning, God created perfectness and man destroyed it. He washed the world, tried to start it over again. Eight people screwed it up again. Then we've screwed it up since then. We are not progressing. We are degressing into more and more sinfulness and crap and foolishness. And God the Father says to us, look, step back. Look at what I started from the beginning. I love you so stinking much. Stop thinking I hate you. I love you. And Jesus comes down, dies, and says, I want to be your Savior. And God's wrath was satisfied. God no longer looks at you and sees all your sinfulness. When you ask Jesus to forgive your sin, it's gone. It's gone. Are you kidding me? Why would the world not want to hear this message? Because they're walking around with a bucket over their head. I'm going to do that. They literally are walking around. Just came to me. I want you to see this. This is the stinking world. I got it. Oops, sorry. Yeah, and that's the way they sound too. And when I asked Jesus into my life, he forgave my sins and he gave me hope. I don't have to sit on a stupid bucket. Thank you, buddy. The little boy yelled, yeah. I want to show you something. Look up on the screen. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. Let me just tell you something. We don't talk about this a lot anymore, but I want you to know there is an eternal day coming, and you will either be cast into hell or you will go into heaven, and you have to make one choice in your whole life to put yourself in a place to win, and that choice is to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And I want to show you what happens. Dan Seaborn, the Bible says, will stand before God. In other words, day of accountability, Dan passes away before God the Father. Here I stand with my emptiness, my dirty rags, hopeless. <laughs> and I kneel. I don't think I'll stand. I think I'll kneel before him. And he'll say, Dan Z. Warren, give an account for your life. And I'm just going to tell you, I'm going I'm to promise you on that day, you won't go, well, I had this bucket. It will be embarrassing. 
But, it, but, but I want to show you something. If you've asked Jesus into your life, if you've said, Jesus, forgive me of my sin, I don't even get this. It's so simple. But it's because of the price Jesus paid, a ruthless death. It's been paid. You don't have to do it. You just have to receive it. And because of that, what? I preached this whole sermon to show you this. On my day of accountability, when God the Father says, Seaborn, step forward. He won't, because I said, Jesus, forgive my sins. God won't see me. Look, look, look. He will look and he will see. Not me. He'll see his son, Jesus, who stood there in my place, took my sin, went through all that stuff for me. When God looks down, he'll see his son, Jesus. And I'm going to tell you what I'm going to say on that day. Thank, thank you. Thank you. This is my hope. My hope's not over there. That stuff passes. This is eternal. This is the message I'm taking to the world. Send it, post it, whatever you got to do. Your hope is in Jesus. And today, I tell you, I, I promise you that on your judgment day, you're going to be here. You're not going to want to be standing out here. You're going to want to be here. And that's the message of the gospel. And I hope if you forget everything else I preached or everything else I've said, that you will not forget the picture you're seeing on the screen hidden behind the cross. And I want to invite you today to make sure you rearrange your life to be sure you are hidden behind the cross. I promise you, I don't care if you ever see this on any news show. I don't care if the anchor men and women ever cover it. I don't give a rip. What I want to tell you today as a preacher of the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you make this decision, you will make the greatest decision of your life. I promise you that. While I've been preaching, I bet you there's somebody that the God of this world, the Satan of this world had blinders on you. They fell off. You saw it. You saw it. I invite you today to not just see it, but to receive it. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. All of you online, all of you here in the sanctuary, I want you to repeat it. Very simple. Would you repeat this prayer? Father God, forgive my sins. Thank you for Jesus who takes them away. On my day, when I stand before you, please allow Jesus to cover my sin and shame. I receive you as my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope what you heard today has been encouraging and given you new insight into the Word of God. We upload weekly, so join us again next time. Be blessed and enjoy your week.